we know we've been hearing a lot about Russia's relationship with Europe and just how deep its energy sector is with Europe and how that relationship is. That's a very difficult relationship to break economically for Europe, although Europe is doing everything it can. Everything you described, it made me think about how throughout this crisis, Europe with through because of the uh, you know dominance of the U.S. and just listening to whatever the U.S. said was actually going way above and beyond what the U.S. would commit to in terms of Russia and how economically they would wage this kind of uh, warfare. But China and Russia, I mean, Russia, of course, with its energy and its natural resources, but China, I think in a more broad kind of portfolio, has so much to offer to Europe. Do you think that this will succeed, this attempt to isolate because Europe? Because Europe, it sounds like, I mean, it has been going the road of austerity for many, many, many years. But this seems like such a huge step in that direction that uh, Europe could look very much like the United States very soon. Do you see this working given the how China has so much to offer? It already has a lot of countries in Europe, maybe not the, the, the biggest of the clients uh, like the UK, for example, but a lot of European countries have big relationships with China. Even the UK does, despite all of the nonsense, all the new Cold War stuff. What do you think? Do you think this will work? There's one trap that futurists tend to fall into, and that's imagining that countries are going to act in their self-interest. This is what uh, the mistake Stalin made uh, with Hitler. He thought uh, if Germany attacks Russia uh, in World War II, uh, it's obviously going to lose. Uh, No sane country would attack Russia uh, just as uh, winter's coming, uh, but Hitler attacked Russia, uh, much to the surprise. Uh, you'd think that uh, if you tried to say, what is a logical future? Let's go back to uh, the 1991, uh, when uh, the Soviet Union uh, self-dissolved uh, uh, into parts. The whole idea, the dream at that point was uh, Russia, Russia's leaders uh, thought, well, if, if now that we can have peace, we're not going to have a war budget anymore. Uh, Europe... Uh, is going to invest in us and help us rebuild a, a rationalized, efficient industry. And we will trade with Europe and we'll both get rich on mutual trade. Well, this terrified the United States. It said, oh my, we, want to, we Americans want to be the beneficiaries of Russia. We don't want to trade with it. We want to carve it up and privatize it and uh, take over and uh, basically have Wall Street take over its uh, oil resources, its gas resources, uh, its nickel resources, its electric utilities. Uh, The last thing America wanted was this uh, symbiotic uh, mutual gain between Europe and Russia. Uh, And I think that uh, Putin and uh, most of the leaders at that time expected that uh, Europe would act in its self-interest and uh, they could both end up gaining. But that's not what happened. Obviously, uh, Europe uh, followed uh, American uh, dictates and continues to because it's again, its leaders follow. Uh, the, its leaders are really just like Zelensky in uh, Ukraine. They're just as dependent on what the State Department dictates to them to do as, uh, as Zelensky is, and uh, they there's something evangelistic about it. Uh, the, the Europeans I've spoken to. Uh, really, and the English also, really believe that uh, uh, America is the land of the future and uh, that neoliberalism, that finance capitalism somehow 
uh, is going to be uh, an ideal of private enterprise. They, they, they bought the rat poison. They've eaten the rat poison and they actually believe it and they think of themselves not simply as servants of the United States following what it's uh, doing or as the Pakistan former prime minister said a few weeks ago, uh, slaves of the United States uh, policy. Uh, they actually are evangelistic promoters of uh, neoliberalism and as sort of disciples uh, or uh, just uh, bishops, you could say, really like like a religion. And they treat uh, the American-centered neoliberalism as the new religion. And for them, it's, a it's literally a crusade uh, against uh, uh, Russia and Europe. And I think this has shocked uh, Putin and uh, uh, I would imagine the Chinese leadership also, thinking, how can Europe uh, be so... Uh, so completely unrealistic, and how can its media lie so uh, constantly about what's really happening in Ukraine? How can Europe uh, uh, deify the neo-Nazis in Ukraine as freedom fighters, as heroes, as uh, wonderful uh, uh, people to be supported, uh, supportive? I think this has been such a shock uh, to the Russian leadership that they, uh, they realize, finally, that, uh, well, Europe is not going to act in its self-interest. There is not going to be any mutual gain. Uh, uh, Europe, uh, again and again, is just going to grab any money that we have there, like they've grabbed our, yeah. uh, our uh, for, uh, whatever was in European or American banks. There's really nothing we can do. We, uh, so there's been a fundamental reorganization uh, with, uh, with Russia and the rest of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Meaning not only with China, but with Iran, with India, uh, with all of the other Eurasian countries. So in that sense, the United States has brought about exactly what it feared. The whole rest of the world going its own way productively uh, in a uh, uh, capital investment way, living, raising living standards, things that democracy are supposed to do. Well, in the United States, uh, we really don't have democracy because uh, the political parties are controlled by the donor class, the 1%. That's what the Citizens United Supreme Court ruling meant. Uh, and the United States is left to uh, without any means of self-support. And uh, Europe will be left without any means of self-support. At some point, Europe may uh, say, gee, we made a mistake. Maybe we should have tried to profit from Russia because everybody else is profiting with uh, getting Russian gas and nickel and uh, China and other countries are rebuilding Russian industry. And we could have had our car industry build up uh, Russia, but we don't have a car industry anymore because it doesn't have uh, the gas that it needs and the raw materials and titanium it needs uh, from Russia. So now we've seen uh, other countries replace us. And so uh, Europe has been rendered pretty much obsolete. And even if it says we made a mistake, let's be friends again. I don't think uh, Russia or other countries uh, will trust it, mainly because they can afford not to trust it. They say, why take a risk? We're trusting yeah. Europe somehow uh, may not just continue to be America's poodle. Uh, why take a risk? Why not just say we're doing just fine the way we are? Why not just work with each other peacefully? And uh, all that the United States can do about this is threaten to bomb, uh, to bomb it. And uh, the way to uh, uh, stay away from uh, this threat is simply to say, look, you go your way, we'll go our way. 
uh, and to have enough of a military between them to uh, defend themselves against uh, uh, the American uh, potential military attack that despite the almost 800 military bases the United States have, if the United States is not getting foreign exchange from these countries anymore, uh, the dollar with the euro and the yen and the sterling will all go way down against the Eurasian currency block. And they're going to move into a common block with their own counterpart to the IMF, their own counterpart to the World Bank, their own trade organization, and the world will be split into two parts, uh, just like the world split when uh, the Roman Empire fell apart and uh, the East went forward, uh, Western Europe went down. Uh, this is really the final uh, submergence of, uh, uh, of Western Europe.